Down with Tom Mock. I'm Mike, and today I got Zach Martin from the Surgecast with me and my line mate, Matt. What's going on, Zach? Hey, not much. Uh, excited to be here, and thanks for the invite, guys. Looking forward to uh, talking some hockey with you. How long have you been, have you been podcasting, man? Oh, geez. Um, I want to say... I think my first ever podcast was like 2017. So I would say about on and off a good maybe five years. But I think last, I think like last year, no, it was like 2020. I think it was kind of like I really got more into it. So I've been going on for about maybe three years now of actually like going full time, actually trying to put stuff out every week and stuff like that. But I would say on and off like five years doing podcasts. Did you start off doing Blackhawk stuff or did you start off doing Kane stuff? funny enough actually i uh the first podcast was hurricanes but it was with a group of uh hurricanes fans that wanted to get a podcast together and then my one that i did by myself for the first time was it uh it was actually a cleveland indians podcast because i'm from northeast ohio so it was actually like my first first podcast was actually about baseball (laughs) funny enough wow so how did you um how did you decide just to move off to hockey um I don't know. Hockey's always been something that I did. Like, even as a kid, like, you know, you play floor hockey, you know, indoors in a gym when you're like three. So, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember, like, it was like the, it was a normal hockey stick. We did that big, like, foam. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. The foam at the end <laughs> of the stick. That's like the first thing I ever remember playing hockey and just absolutely just having so much fun. And then it, like I said, watching hockey ever since I was a kid, then going to games, you know, growing up and stuff like that. And being at a Stanley Cup final in 2006 for the Hurricanes for game seven, that was really something. Oh, wow. That, wow yeah. That, yeah. Standing room the entire time, other than intermissions. Like, I don't think we, like, you didn't sit at all during any of the period. That's how crazy it was. And then out, it's like hockey's just been my entire life. And I figured, you know what? I like doing, I like talking to other sports, but. Something about hockey, man, is just it hits differently. I know you guys, you know, would understand, but hockey Absolutely. just hits hockey hits yep. different for me. Yeah, it it's does. Of all the best memories come from hockey, basically. Yeah, no yeah, kidding. Game seven, man. Oh man. Cam Ward, that was one of the best goalie performances I've ever seen. Oh yeah, that that um that whole that, series. That whole series, yeah. But you, you remember the save where he like he he kicks his leg out at the last second and absolutely just stones. I think it was Rafi Torres right on the line <laughs> that, 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 yeah. like that, that chicken wing sit with his leg. We were actually to the right. Like we were like five o'clock from where his position was. Like that's where awesome. we were. We were all, we were on the side. All you see is his leg just kick out and just absolutely stones Torres. And we just lost it. Like I remember oh. that game six, sorry to cut you off. Three and O. Oh my gosh. He was down and out, stuck his arm out. I could not believe he made I'm like, they're winning the cup tonight. And I know they ended up losing that game, but yeah, that was one of the best saves I've ever seen. It, it was insane. The funny the, the funny part was like we we got to meet my dad got tickets, and this is before the cup final started, and we were actually just moving back from China because my mom got a job over there and I went to I went, I did eighth I did eighth grade out there, but then we were moving back to Florida because we were living at Florida at the time before we went over there. We got tickets. My dad's like, we well, let's get let's get tickets for Game Seven because you never know because they were like the cheapest tickets at the time to get because you know, everyone's going to get the first you know four games. You're like, all right, let's just get tickets and we'll see what happens. 
and it's 3-1. My dad's like, oh, all right, well, we didn't get to see them live, but you know, they're, they're, hopefully they're going to win the cup then. Next thing we know, we're flying back. I think it was like a week before game seven or like maybe three days before, and the Oilers tie it up. And we're like, oh, geez. So we left, we left that morning for game seven from Jacksonville, Florida, and drove all the way to the game that night. Like we left like super early, like a seven, like about a seven hour drive from Jacksonville to Raleigh. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We, we, we had season tickets for about two, three years when we were in Raleigh. My dad was actually at that first game at RBC center when they played the devils that night on, uh, on the, was it 1999? Cool, so yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm just curious. Is it pronounced Raleigh or rally? Uh, it's Raleigh. Okay. I'm, I'm, the reason I asked is because he, obviously there's people that say it both ways. And yeah. um, I have a friend who's from Oregon, and she mentions that it's 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 uh, pronounced Oregon, not Oregon. You know, Oregon Trail. Yeah, yeah like the Midwesterners. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, like like Nevada or Nevada. It's yeah. like it's like it's like which it's like it's like hey, it's tomato, tomato. You know, as long yeah. as you're in the ballpark. Yeah. Vegas, Did baby, it... Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we're mentioning uh, ex Blackhawk. Uh, you know, Cam Ward. I wanted to get to the um, eight to three win that the Blackhawks had uh, over the Ducks. I was actually pretty surprised that they they did that because obviously they turned it up. Who, who who was that, Matt? Not the Flyers. Who who did they? They had like eight goals in that game too. Um, um the Hawks. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. I don't, oh, that was Detroit a couple weeks back. Didn't Dylan Strom have another hat trick that yeah, night? Yeah, yeah. It was great. like a week ago. They did yeah. it within like a. Like they said, they had two eight goal games within like a week. You know, I'm really surprised. You know, the you know the Ducks were on a tear at the beginning of the year, and they kind of cooled off a bit. They're still a good team. I think I've got. I think that they have a bright future. But I did not see this eight to three shellacking uh, coming on, which totally means that they might get shut out in their their next game because uh, they didn't save any offense for their next one. Uh, Zach, did you get a chance to check out that Ducks game? Oh yeah, I mean, how could you not? The fact that I'm sorry, did you get to see that uh, that Caner showcase? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Caner just goes absolutely off for six points. Stromer gets a Hattie because why not? Uh, yeah, no, I yeah, I caught a good bit of that game, and it was like I'm sitting there. It's like three nothing. I'm like, all right, this is pretty cool. You know, the Hawks got some offense. Like, where's this team been all of a sudden? And the next thing you know, it's like five nothing. I'm just sitting there going, excuse me. Like, where's this Hawks team been all season? We've been right. kind of like hoping yep. for because, like, yep. because you look at like how the roster was set up. You're like, okay, this roster is gonna make a run. Next thing you know, right. <laughs> next thing you know, we're like one nine and three or some nonsense like that. And then it's like, sheesh, goes off the rails. But it's like, man, if we had this team from the start, oh my word! It's, I actually I saw a stat. I figured who posted it. Um, but I think like Pat, or I think it was Ben Pope actually. He said that Patrick Kane since like January, I think like 18th, has got like 38 points since then. He's like tied for <laughs> tied for third in the league in points yeah. since January. Yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, here's the Kaner we all know and love, where he's just gonna go, he's just gonna go like super Kane mode and just start racking up the points out of nowhere. Well, he found his line mates too. I mean, King finally, finally, you know, finally. And, gosh. and I hope he does not touch it because they these guys are just tearing it up right now. 
Oh, Matt, you know, this could be, you know, maybe Dylan Strom is 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 tired of hearing me take him to the woodshed, you know, podcast yeah. after podcast. He's producing, <laughs> trying to get out of Chicago. I mean, that or could a new be, deal or yeah, a new who, deal. Yeah, because he is yeah. he is looking for a new deal. And whatever the Blackhawks do, if you get an offer for this guy, get rid of him. Because it's just going to be more of the freaking same for this dude. This guy is going to go on a hot streak, maybe once in October, another time in February, and then you're not going to hear from him until next season. He's on a hot streak right now. His worth is probably the highest that it's going to be. It's yeah. time to move Dylan Strom. You know, I got nothing against the guy personally. It's just like a pattern with him. Like, Let's use Patrick Keane, for example. Is Patrick Keane going to put up at least an assist a game? More, like, more than likely, yes. Let's take a look at Dylan Strom. Is Dylan Strom even going to be on the ice or is he, is he going to be invisible? More than likely, yes. Because that's what I think the type of player that he is. I don't know if it's a coaching thing. I don't know if it's like a, a head thing for him. You know, I, I don't know what it is. Is it his teammates? Because from what I hear... His teammates are really supportive of him, and he's actually a really cool guy in the locker room, you know, which is which is great and all. But I, I want to know, like, what is it with this dude who was drafted, you know, had he was like the number three number three draft pick, and then just shows flashes of of who he is as a player. Well, to be fair, to be fair, it's not really <laughs> on him for the fact that I because th- you look at Jeremy Carlton, he really used him. Or when he did use them, it was like the most weirdest spots in the lineup, like where that's not his game. And I think that really messed with him because the fact, whatever whatever the reason was, Jeremy Carlton really messed with him mentally because he was fine when he first got here. And then it's just whatever reason, like the inconsistent playing time that he got, like there was there was like what a f- almost like twelve games in a row he would never play. Then he'd come right. in for a game, and then they take him right back out. So yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it's Dylan Strom is bad. I just don't think Jeremy Carlton ever really gave him a shot and really put him because like I'm sorry, you can't tell me that Alex Nylander or all these other guys were better than Dylan Strome because we saw when he first got here, he was good. Right. And then there were stretches where he was fine. It's just whatever reason, I think Jeremy Carlton just never really got out of his own way to give Dylan Strome a chance. And I think Derek King finally, and what is like, for me, it's like, I don't think Derek King is the coach. I think we got to find a legit coach for a rebuild because Derek King isn't it. But I think having Strome on the first line with DeBrinke to Kane actually works because they tried that on the second line. It never worked. But I think as a first, like with the first line minutes that he's getting with these two guys, I think he's like, what, 18 points in his last like 18 games or something like that. Like, don't yeah, Strome, it's, it's not a small like flash in a pan. Like, we're going 18 straight games with points here. Like, that's a pretty solid run for someone like Dylan Strome. I think he's finally got the confidence that he needed. Plus, I mean, he's a dad now too so it's like the it's the dad line with debrink it caner and you know in strome i think it's just the i think it's finally just clicked for those guys and i think that's what you know strome really needed was just a solid line of guys that he can work with and just give him a chance to prove what he's actually worth i think dylan strome would be a perfect guy to have for this potential rebuild we're going to have because we're going to need centers because out because kirby doc isn't really doing that well as a center now they got him on the wing and you know we got Tyler Johnson back. You know he costs five million. He's he's been here for a while, but Tyler Johnson is a first line center. Jonathan Taze has been beyond inconsistent this year, and he's I think he's really fallen off. So 
of all the guys you have, I think where Dylan Strom is right now, I think he's your best bet as your first line center for a possible rebuild that we're going to see starting next season. Oh man, I, I I couldn't disagree with you more. He's on an 18 game streak for the first time in like I don't know what Ever? three three years. Um, <laughs> he's, it's been a, he's, it's been a bit. He, it's, it's been a minute. We're talking about a guy that you nailed it on the head, man. He has to play first line minutes but he's not a first line player and yeah he is playing on the what is quote unquote the first line between um between Debrinkit and Kaner but he was also on the second line with Debrinkit and Kaner when he fell off so you know I, I think that yeah he can be a good player I don't think that he's a first line player and I think that for if we're going to be doing a rebuild I think that there's a there's a prospect out there that we can get that's going to turn into something better than um, that's going to turn better uh, into something better than Strom. Um, Jonathan Tapes does something that nobody else on the team can do, and that's win faceoffs. Every other guy on this team is questionable at best. I, I'm not even going to bring Kirby Doc into the conversation on and on faceoffs because he's a centerman <laughs> playing wing, um, but. Taser can win faceoffs. I don't think that he is the the prime Jonathan Taves that that we're we're used to seeing. The guy who could put up thirty five goals a year and and be a Selkie candidate. But I think that he plays the the center position better than anybody else on the team. And we're talking about a guy who, like you said, has has fallen off. And I will agree with you on that definitely because uh, he's not the guy that he used to be. Um, whatever illness he had you know the uh what was it the chronic immune, yeah, immune. syndrome that he had it's showing. It's showing. It, it, yeah. it is and it's it's affected him in 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 quite a lot of ways and you know at the same time a lot of these elite players they, they play hockey for you know 14 15 years before they even get into the into the game and then they have to stay at that kind of fitness to to stay in the league you know he essentially took a year and a half off i can't imagine what that did to his to his conditioning where as of now i think that he's actually kind of coming back a little bit not to who he was you know you know prior to this illness but to a serviceable a center who can win faceoffs which we direly need if we could trade dylan strome for a um, for a for another center who's you know even a guy like um even just a just a guy who can win faceoffs i think that that's a plus because how many times are we in the are we in the offensive zone? Forty five seconds left in the game. We need a faceoff win, and we can't get one from Strom or 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 anybody on the team. A Carpenter, anybody. It happens all the time, and uh, it, it really affects our possession game. Yeah, I mean, I see. I I, I get what you're getting at, and for me, it's like I wish. For the Hawks, whatever reason, like development has not really been a thing for the Hawks for a good number of years now, because we can clearly see that outside maybe Dabrinka and a few other guys, there's really no solid quote unquote development of, all right, here's some centers. Like center depth has always been an issue for the Hawks for a good while outside of the cup runs when you had, you know, was it Hanzus and a, like a few and like when you had a bunch of dudes who could actually win faceoffs and, and the one of the Hawks were stacked? It's just, I think if yeah. you, I, I don't think a prospect would necessarily be it because that means the team has to help get this guy prepared, right? And I don't really, 
like outside of maybe like two or three guys, like how many guys have we really seen in the last decade that the Hawks have truly developed into a solid center or a guy who's legit like lights out? That's, that's why position. Bowman's gone. Yeah, I mean, we couldn't develop. We were winning and winning, but like in that sense, we were losing at not developing these guys. We, we exactly. That's it's why like, Detroit. I, I have so much respect for Detroit when they were winning all those years. They had guys in the pipeline ready to take a role when a guy would retire. We yeah. we never had that. Yeah, because outside of Lucas Reichel, who do we really have in terms of forwards that are ready to go right now? Defense, yeah, Mitchell, yeah. defense, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you look at the defense. I mean, yeah, you have Wyatt Kalanick. You got, I mean, uh, Mike Hardman. You got like Ian Mitchell. Like you, we like we have Regula. a plethora. Yeah, we're good. We have a plethora of defensemen, but it's log jams because you know you bring in Jake McCabe, you bring in the Jones brothers, which don't get me started <laughs> on that. Um, I like Seth Jones. Don't get me wrong; it's just a contract. I'm not. A, I'm that's that's a whole different thing. And Seth has been mediocre at best, and I think the contract's getting to him already, and he hasn't even started it yet. But I just don't really see the the depth of this team is not really there. Like you look at Rockford. I mean, there's maybe a few, maybe like Isaac Phillips, maybe, but, uh, and like I said, Lucas Reichel, but it, it's, it's tough when you look at teams like, like the Chicago Wolves, they are absolutely stacked. You look at Rockford, they're not really very much of anyone down there. So it's kind of makes you wonder for the Hawks. Can you even really get, anyone from your farm system that's going to be good enough to come up and do anything right now outside of, like you said, trading for players or drafting them. And even then, Stan Bowman hasn't really been the best guy for drafting players because we got some defensemen from, it was the Prince Albert Raiders or something like that, that everyone's like, why this guy? <laughs> like, and then, Or he'll trade him. He'll trade him. That's what yeah. his thing oh, was. Oh, I mean, Yoko Haru. Oh, don't even get me started on the well, Yukihari trade. I'm more oh, upset about your your team getting Tebu because of a bad <laughs> contract signing with Bickle. That yeah. that oh, one still hey, kills hey, because I hey, can't I imagine Bix. how good Tebu would be with with um, Debrinkat Kane. and Kane right now. And Debrinkat. Oh yeah, it's another. Yeah, it's oh, a, like it's... a mini Patrick Kane, and that's better for Debrinkat. And well, I, well, it here, sucks. Well, well, here's this though. How about we? How about you actually try to find a way to keep Panarin and don't trade him for Brandon oh, Saad no, straight <laughs> up, straight up for Brandon Saad, and then trade Brandon Saad again, yeah. not even two years later for Nikita Zadorov, oh, you kept yeah. for a season, and then got rid of him too, a like COVID uh, season, like half. Uh, oh my yeah. god. And well, then you get Ole, you get Ole Mata for absolutely nothing, and it still didn't work out with him either. It's just some of the trade, like the draft picks in Bowman made no sense. Like I forget who the kid was, but there was this kid out of Chicago Steel who got drafted this year, who just got drafted in this past draft. He was some really good. I forget his name, and it really bites me that I'm I'm blanking on his name. But this dude was like, I was like, get this kid at eleven. He is like I think his stats were absolutely astronomical good with the Chicago Steel. And I'm like, if you get this guy, this guy is gonna be lights out anywhere you put him on the ice in terms of a forward, because all he does is score goals. And like, now we're gonna trade the pick away and get some defensemen at like 32, and it's like great. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Stan. And the thing too is like everyone's like, oh, we could have gotten Bone Byram, we could have gotten Trevor Segris. Like, yeah, we could have, but 
how would that really affect where we're at now? Because it, it it doesn't really matter because of the fact that depth scoring is still an issue. Defense is still an issue because they give up way too many chances in front of goal. I feel bad for all of our goalies we've ever gotten. And who's going like, to develop them? Yeah, yeah exactly. Which like, is the main problem. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, I love Kevin Lincoln, but... He's been like he's been hurt on on and off this season, yeah. And even yeah. then, it's just like the defense gives the goalies no chance to do pretty much get in a they, they get in a rhythm per se, but it's not perfect. Like you saw what happened with Cam Ward. Cam Ward was just coming in to be a backup. He wasn't going to be the guy who was going to be starting almost every game. Or like we had the th- we had Malcolm Subban, Colin Delia, and Kevin Lankin of our three goalie tandem Brutal. randomly out of nowhere. And Kevin Lincoln was on fire, and then it's like, oh, we'll bring in Mark Ernzi Flurry, and then Flurry is getting lit up this year because I think the Hawks once again have like one of the worst defenses in terms of um, was a high danger chances or something like that because they oh, yeah. were like back to back years before the Kraken came in, they were last two years in a row before even coming into the season. So it's just like definitely a lot of watching on our oh, defense. Yeah, it's too much, too much watching and. I don't, and but, Flurry is responsible for wins alone some games. That's just how good he is on a bad team. He is the reason why we're not Phoenix Coyotes right now. Yeah, exactly. You think so? Yes, I do. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like I said, I mean, we not, had Lincoln uh, in last year. We still weren't the Phoenix Coyotes. Yeah, but, yeah, but Kevin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm trying to figure out. A I mean, the, go- way the Coyotes are that bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Coyotes are pretty bad. I mean, yeah, let's be honest. You know what? They're they're gonna stockpile. They got like three first round picks. Yeah, they they're do. Gonna give them give them some time. They're yeah. gonna they be got, pretty they, damn good. They got like 95 picks in the next like three rounds. Let's be honest here. Like they could literally draft like three teams. I think and, the Islanders are trying to take the crown for the bottom. To, to be honest with you, and I, <laughs> oh I, that was my Stanley Cup pick, and Me I too. look like a moron. Yeah, <laughs> they made everyone oh, look like morons. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, don't feel too bad. I kind of went with a like a tongue-in-cheek Homer pick for the Stanley Cup, and I picked an actual winner. And my tongue-in-cheek joke didn't actually go over so well because I picked the, <laughs> pick the Blackhawks to win the cup. Did you? Wow. Yeah, well, it wasn't not mathematically out of it. I mean, you could. I mean, you could really clean house if you if you come through on that. Yeah, flurry. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I, I should I should have placed like my ten dollar bet before the season started when they were plus like five thousand or something like that, and just rake, just raking all the money or whatever, whatever the plus minus, whatever it is now, like plus like twenty thousand on the Blackhawks. Just put like ten bucks, put a put hundred bucks down, just rake two hundred thousand dollars on the Blackhawks. Call, call it a year. Yep. <laughs> hey, they'll they'll pull a blues and just come out of nowhere. That's true, man. I mean, they. I know they're not that team, but that was a Cinderella run by the Blues that year. They were like unstoppable. Uh, one coaching change, he get a former, <laughs> a former third round fourth line role player. He turns it all around. It's insane. So if you are looking to place bets like Zach and want to do it as the action rolls in. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for our team means free bets for you, and we need all the wins that we can get. 
If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Now, if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, Use our promo code SHYTOMAHAWK, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code SHYTOMAHAWK at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply, so see our show notes for details. So, Zach, who else is there? You also also get Ryan O'Reilly and everyone else. (laughs) Yeah, Ryan O'Reilly, I think that he's kind of... defied the odds for you know quite a while you know when he was in Colorado he was a very good yeah I thought that he was a very solid player but he wasn't the type of guy that you know that he thought that he was at that time you know he wanted six million they're like no they shipped him off and then he actually turned into that player that uh that that he said that he was which I think you know it's it's one of those things you know can I pay this guy and then he's he is that person or you're going to pay him, and then it just doesn't work out, you know. He got paid in Buffalo, and then he got yep. sick of the shit and pulled an Eichel and won a Stanley Cup. I should, maybe we should say Eichel uh, pulled a <laughs> O'Reilly. Oh, Eichel pulled an O'Reilly, No, yeah. Eichel did something completely different, you know. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, he's coming back tonight. That's oh, going to wow. be very interesting. His uh, reunion in Buffalo, I bet you the Boo Birds will be out tonight. <laughs> so what do you guys think of Norm McIver coming back to the Blackhawks as the assistant GM? Norm, uh, you know what? I've been doing a little research with him coming back. I know he went with the Kraken, and I guess he didn't really— I guess he left with bad terms with Bowman, meaning he probably was disagreeing with a lot of moves and stuff, and he, you know, he wanted he wanted out. And it seems like Kyle Davidson and him, you know, were really close, and Kyle really respected him and brought him back in. So I, he obviously feels comfortable with the guy. It's probably a good. It could be a good signing for him because he. Kyle probably trusts him, so I think I like it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a good move. I think for the fact that, like you said, Kyle's been there since, like, 2010. He kind of knows everything that's going on, and I think, I mean, I think pretty much everyone didn't really agree with Stan Bowman on a lot of things he did. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> yep. Everyone everyone can see that. So I think it's a good thing that, you know, bringing someone back who was also with the team for a long time as well and knows how to find players and stuff like that because – Whatever you need to make this work, I think this is. I think this is a good step, and I think Davidson right now is taking the necessary steps to try to make whatever is next be the best possible way for this team to get better through a rebuild. Because obviously, this team needs it. Because you look at how they've been since you know they won the cup in fifteen. You get swept out of sixteen, missed the playoffs in seventeen and eighteen, and then it was not even talking about nineteen and twenty. And even last year, it's it's finally time for a rebuild. I just kind of wish the Blackhawks did it a, a year sooner without having to take out the quote-unquote rebuild that they were in last year and completely blow it up this past offseason. I think it's time for a legit, like an actual legit rebuild. And luckily, with after there's been a lot of contracts coming off the books next year too. I think ne- I think next season, next offseason, it really will be the tone setter for what the Blackhawks are going to be moving forward. And I think it was, I forget, I think it was Jason Waski and, um, and James DeVoe 
they were talking about it. Like, they, if they say, if we're making the playoffs in three years from now and being contenders in five, I'll take it. And it's and you don't really don't want to hear that, but it's it's successful. It if you're done, yeah, yeah, it needs to be done. Like I said, if you're if you're back in the playoff hunt in three years and they make it a cup run in five, I'm all for it because at least it opens the window for a good long term run instead of just sputtering along and being you know the Arizona Coyotes or the Montreal Canadiens or all these teams that are just automatically bottom feeders almost every single season at least. You put in the effort to make it better, so I think it was a good move to bring him back. And it seems like Davidson's kind of setting the pieces up to actually make this rebuild successful, and not just be like, "Oh, we're going to try it for about six months, and then we're just going to play just nuke it for whatever <laughs> reason." Like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I have to agree with both of you guys. Norm is, or uh, yeah, he, Norm is a uh, he's a hockey guy. You know, he's the hockey guy that you see sitting in the stands, you know, watching the game. You know, he's down there with the players, you know, chewing gum with them, you know, or what have you, you know, and, and Davidson isn't that guy. Davidson is a a guy who sits behind the computer. He reads numbers and um, Norm is going to even out that, you know, that tendency to want to go to the wall on analytics, you know, and say, hey, look, this is what you're missing on this player. This is what the analytics aren't showing. You know, Davidson 100% needs that guy, and I think that he has him in norm. So I think that it's a, I think it's a good pick. Uh, I think it's a step in the right direction from, you know, what they've been doing, naming him. I think that he's made, you know, the right choice, firing a couple people that have been there for a long time. Uh, I think he, he, he fired the director of scouting or something like that. He fired two people, uh, longtime people, and bringing in some, I guess we could say new blood. He's been gone for a while, and uh, and he's trying to right the ship. So I like the moves that he's making so far. 100% on, on the rebuild. I think that, you know, Kane and Taves are going to uh, possibly... I don't know what they're going to do with them. You know, Kaner has a life in Chicago, so I, I could see him wanting to finish his time out here. Um, I'm not sure about Taves. Taves has health issues, so he may want to retire and and and, and hang it up. But uh, if they do decide to come back, me and Matt talked about it, uh, you know, possibly they each get $5 million deals, obviously taking a, a hometown discount for that. And, and they're going to have to pay Debrinkit. And Debrinkit's going to be uh, a $10 million a year guy unless they want to trade him for, for picks. And if they're going to trade him for picks, then you might as well tra- trade Haggle while you can. And uh, if you're yep. going to do that, you know, you might have to move Seth Jones too and tell him that it's a complete teardown. So um, what, do you, what do you think, Zach? Do you think, uh, to be honest, because me on, on my opinion is, if they're going to do what you call a bare bones uh, tear down, they got to get rid of everybody and start from the bottom. Or are they going to build around kind of what they have here, kind of like Seth Jones, um, Seth Jones, you know, somewhat caner for the next, what, three years, maybe three to four years, possibly. I mean, he might retire a point per player person, kind of like Nick Lidstrom, right to the right to the day he retired, he was a, um, you know, he was a top top defenseman in the league. I think Kaner might be a top re- retire one of the top players still, and uh, but I think that it could be Kaner, you know, possibly Lincoln in, and uh, and Seth Jones, Brandon Hagel, and uh, DeBrinket. 
Yeah, no, I think for me, I'm, I've am i always been on the fence that you could build around, you can do a rebuild that is centered around a core rather than just do an absolute just blowing the whole thing up and trying to bring it back together because we've seen that and that takes forever for right. some teams to get it done. And I don't think, because you're also trying, you're trying to get fans to be behind a rebuild but also still be excited to watch games. And I don't think that you would like, it would be really hard for fans to swallow. Like it's already, you already have, have fans be understanding that, okay, we're going to be in a rebuild and fans are like, okay, we're okay with a rebuild. Cause we obviously we need it. Right. But thing will sting a lot more if they just clean house and there's no one left. Right. Because if you build on the core of the Brinkett, Hagel, let's say, you know, uh, Patrick Kane, Seth Jones, sure. Um, Lankinen. I'll throw this out there. Maybe even a Dominic Kubalik on a deal that works for him that's not astronomically ridiculous. Some like 1. Make a, <laughs> yeah, some like that. Yeah. And I Kanner said he wants to stay, and a lot of people are like, well, he can say that, but doesn't really mean it. But I, I think because you can see even like last year during the, the really shortened season, Patrick Kane was having a lot of fun with these young guys. Yeah. Like he's smiling a lot more. He looks like, it looks like he's just having fun because, you know, and I'm not, and I don't want to make this sound bad, but I think it's just having him being the quote unquote leader of the team. Like, you know, Dunks was it kind of there, but you know, Dunks was already going to be on his way out at some point soon. Steves wasn't there. John, you know, Taser wasn't there very much. So it was like Kaner was like the quote unquote veteran, the main guy of the whole team. Right. And I think that he was able to, you know, be able to have fun with these guys because you saw every warm up with him and Tommy Hawk. It looks like they were having a lot of fun with the puck toss. Yeah. And like when when you know Philip Kurashev was scoring, when Dominic Kubelik was hitting, you know, bombs from Ovi's office, and right? Alex Debrinka was scoring goals. I th- you saw how much fun he was having. I think if you keep Kaner here for four, I think he can go for another five years. And might I think he can go for another five years? And I've even wrote an article about this that I think Patrick Kane will be the greatest American player of all time, and I think he'll be easily be one of the top two Blackhawks of all time because of just how good he is and just how much of a, I think he wants to be a lifer because you don't really see a lot of lifers on one team very much anymore. I think he wants to do that because, you know, he loves Chicago. You know, he really likes the guys that's there and he's talked to Kyle and it seems like that Kaner is kind of all in on the rebuild and hoping that he is. If you get, like I said, get him on a good contract and make it work. I think you keep him here, have him be the, veteran presence that you kind of need on a team that is going through a rebuild because you really don't want to have a bunch of new guys and then you're all like, you know, angry together and there's not that calming voice being like, Hey, you know, it's a slow build, you know, it's going to take, yeah, it's going to take some time. And I think you definitely like, yeah, like, like a Travis Sajak for, for the devils or, you know, like you, like you need that guy in there. That's going to help, get these guys you know better on and off the ice and just let them know like hey you know it's going to be a process but it'll be worth it in the end i think Kaner would be that perfect guy to have i i think you could do a rebuild around a solid core of guys rather than just blowing it up if you make the contracts work and with taze I, like i said i hate to say it but it's like i think after his after next year i think 
I think he might need to hang him up because it seems like it's just he missed all last year. This year has been really tough on him, and you can tell like just something is different with him. Yeah, and even you can tell when he came back to when Stan Bowman left and all that is his mental headspace has just been all over the place. I just I think maybe next year he maybe just needs to ride off into the sunset and just call it a career because maybe it's just you know I think the illness kind of got to him and. Or if he if he does if he wants to keep playing maybe move on from Jonathan Taze and it sucks saying it but I think maybe it's time like if we gotta get that new core you know to be the guys on yeah. this team yeah I, I agree with you on 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 pretty much everything you know as far as Taves is concerned you know right before he had that concussion I I thought that he had probably had been playing his best two weeks of hockey up to that point uh, he just seemed like a different guy up until he had that concussion. Uh, and obviously we know his history with concussions. And uh, you know what? I don't want to see this guy getting concussed more and more. You know, he's a legend, you know, in, in, in Chicago, and it might be time for him to to hang it up. 100% on Kaner. You know, I was mentioning to, to Matt offline earlier that, you know, Patrick Kane is somebody who just loves to play hockey. You know, it's not about the... Money. I'm obviously, he wants to get paid for his talents, and he has been paid, you know, handsomely for it. But he's lived up to his contract. He oh, loves yeah. to play hockey. He loves everything that there is about hockey. Uh, you know, he 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 likes you know working out. He likes doing hanging out with the players. You know, like there are certain guys who just want to go, want to just show up and play. You know, or some yeah. guys who they don't want to practice. You know, they don't want to do that stuff. You know, Kane loves doing all of it. I told Matt. In order for the Blackhawks to be successful, I think in 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 the scouting, they need to find out which guys are are in the locker room taping up their sticks ten minutes before everybody else. Which guys are working on puck handling, you know, more than everybody else, you know, because those are the dudes who always tend up to be, you know, the uh, really good NHL players. And it's not always the guys who are, you know, they have all the scouts drooling over them, or guys who are putting up a hundred points, you know, in fifty games in the in the in the OHL. You know, that's not always the case. Um, you know, Matt, Matt brought up a Braden Point. You know in our conversation you know Braden Point is oh, yeah. man he's an absolute second round pick yeah second round pick yeah. he's an animal he he's the guy if you want to do a redraft he should probably be minimum top five pick oh for, for sure. sure you know and um and me personally you know from a business perspective the, I think that they need to keep Taves and Kane and and the favorites around just so they can get people in the stands to keep funding you know, the Blackhawks, from a business perspective, I think that they have to keep the core. But I think the most efficient way to do it would be the complete teardown. If you look at Detroit, look at, you know, what, what Stevie Eiserman's building over there. It hasn't been pretty the past few years, but you know what? They're slowly coming and coming back. I had no idea who Morris Cedar was before this year, but you know what? This guy is an undercover animal, a, a one-man show. And you know what? It's going to keep on going on in Detroit. They're probably another year or two away from from really being competitive. But you know, the slow rebuild is 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 um it's slow and painful. But once you get it, kind of like the Blackhawks back in 08, 09, when the, you know when we brought in uh, Kaner and Taves, they brought in a young team together, had a couple veterans, and then they all grew together. You know, and uh, and the Blackhawks need to kind of figure out how to do that. 
to get that camaraderie going between a bunch of young guys trying to make it in the league and some veterans uh, trying to show them the way. Yeah, for sure. They definitely need to find a way to make... I think definitely depth also needs to be a thing too that they need to focus on because for whatever reason, it's like... It, and the way Derek King said this really rubbed me the wrong way. It felt so weird. He's like, he's like, we we need two good, we need two really solid lines instead of three okay lines. And that's just like, man, you really don't want to hear that from a head coach, <laughs> especially with the yeah. team that you kind of have. You're like, man, I really don't want to be hearing the fact that you're stacking lines because, oh, well, we're not good depth wise. And it's like, I'm not saying you have to be out there. You have to be like a Tampa Bay or a Vegas Golden Knights or Carolina Hurricanes or these teams that are so well stacked. Now, there are teams that like, you know, Carolina, they've got a lot of a lot of their guys are home home brewed guys or they got guys that other teams couldn't keep on their roster, but they made it work because of who their head coach is. I think depth is going to be something the Hawks need to look at. And I definitely think a head coach that's built for a rebuild that can help this team mentally grind during a two game season where you're mostly going to lose a lot of games. I think you need that guy. And I, like I said, I don't think Derek King is that guy. Cause let's be honest. We all saw the video of him saying, Oh, Hey, you know, Alex to you know, he was named to the all-star team. He gave zero, zero enthusiasm for Alex getting in there. He threw it in at the last minute. It was like, Oh yeah, by the way, Alex is as an all-star and you're like, wait, what? Like Alex Dubrink gets an all-star, you kind of just casually throw it in there like it's like no big deal. It's like, I'm not saying we need a raw, raw coach, but it's like we kind of need someone who's, you know, been there and done that in the NHL because we went from coach, we went from Q to two guys now that have no NHL experience. And Derek King hasn't really done a whole lot. He didn't do a whole lot in Rockford. And I just think you really need a coach who's been in the league for a long time and can like guide a team through a rebuild. What kind of guy do you think that's available? Like, what kind of guy would you go after? Oh, man, it's really kind of ca- funny, man, because like the Blackhawks need two different things. They need a coach that can guide them through a rebuild, and then they need a coach that can win a Stanley Cup. Because those two things aren't the same. No, and they're they're really not, and it, you hate to say it, but it, it makes it does make sense, and I can see where that you know it could that might have to happen unless you get really lucky where you have a coach that's done, gone through both, and you can keep them through that whole process. Right. That would that would well, of course, you know, that's a pipe dream, but you know, anything can happen. But I know some people joke around like, "Oh, John Tortorella." No, <laughs> please, no. Um, I don't know. I can't really tell you a name of a coach that would be perfect, but I just Claude Julian. Say that again, Matt. Claude, Claude Julian. Julian. <laughs> I mean, the French came out. <laughs> I mean, honestly, kick the tires on Rick Tockett. Maybe I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't yeah. be upset about that. Me I and Mike upset. talked about that. We we said he would be like an ideal top three guy when they were. Yeah, we were talking about this in the summer. I think Mike. We, yeah, we wanted we Carlton fired day one. Yeah, we did. And I, <laughs> yeah, I, like I, I, I remember the. I remember the. I remember you guys talking about that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I wouldn't mind kicking the tires on Rick Tockett. Maybe you know, see what you know. Bring but him in. He's, He's got a good gig right now on TNT. He's like a Charles. 
Charles Barkley like dude on that panel, and I enjoy him on there. So oh, he, who, oh, who knows? He might not even want to coach again. Yeah, I mean, like, come, hey, his, you his give job you, safe. It's safe. Hey, 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 give him enough money, and you know, hey, you get Patrick that's King. True. Like, why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. I mean, I I like Rod Brendan more though. I watch all those videos <laughs> that you know the pre games and the post games. He's got a oh, lot of enthusiasm, and he yeah. he's he was a player. He yeah. and the guys love that, and I think a guy in a rebuilding team that would be a perfect fit, but. There's not too happen. many Rod Brendamores out there. No, no. There no. It, it's, it's not really. And Rod loves North Carolina, so that's not really going to oh, happen. I'm not either, saying so. he's coming here. I'm saying the type. Oh, like, oh, oh, yeah. There's yeah, not he, too many guys with that personality. That that no. dude looks like he can strap him up and and be on the first line. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. jacked. Yeah. I've, I've I've joked that he can he he can jump over the board, score two goals, get an apple, and embody somebody, and and then <laughs> and after still this, coach. Yeah, like Reggie yeah, Dunlap on Slapshot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like or like a Jackie Moon. You know, just like <laughs> it, it's. I don't know. It's it's definitely be interesting to see what the Hawks do. But like I said, I don't mind Derek King, but he's. He's not it. Like some of the stuff he says, it's like, like, oh, at least it wasn't too many men. It's like, bruh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, bruh, come on. Like some of the stuff he says in pressers, I'm like, dude, what are you just doing? A, just a different personality. He's just uh, an, like an older guy and he's just laid back and you he, kind of he, want more enthusiasm like, you know, a Rod Brendamore. He's like the fun uncle who tries to be cool, but you're kind of just like, Why? Like why? Because things were so bad with Colladin, I actually love Derek King. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean, man? Like it was I, so yeah, bad with, with yeah. Jeremy Colladin. Oh, you know, compared it's to like, Colladin, yeah, he's oh, just cute. Man. This yeah. guy is just so much so much better than Colladin. You know? Yeah, he's like oh, Scotty man. Bowman. Yeah. like compared to Jeremy <laughs> yeah. Colladin. Yeah, I mean, I mean, now know we know what with Q. I don't feel as bad for him leaving, but when he did leave, I'm like seriously. He was six six and one. It wasn't really that bad. And then yeah. you had, but you had Jeremy Carlton stay for how long? Yeah, like, too, too long. Too long. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, two years too long. You're like, why is this still a thing? Even after going one nine and three, he was still the head coach. Yeah, like that was like, just Bowman protecting his job a little actually, bit. Actually, he was. I That's thought he was. I thought he was oh nine and three, and they didn't win their first game until uh, no, until he didn't win a game. Yeah, yeah. he didn't win. All a game three, this he season. did. That's even worse. Yeah, you're proving my point. It's even it was worse. Terrible. <laughs> yep. You know when yeah. when it's like oh my god when dude. Q was like, fired, I thought less. that it was the right move to make because it was time for the Blackhawks to move on. The thing the thing is is that. They needed to. They needed to rebuild from that moment on. They needed yes. to tear it down because, you know, the the Stanley Cup ride was over, and the, you know they were just trying to hold on to that and trying to hold on to it just a little bit more. Let's 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 bring back these other guys who were there with us to, for the ride. You know, they needed oh, to tear man. it down then, and and they didn't, and that's what they should have done. And instead, they kind of limped along with. I wouldn't even say limped along with Colin. You know, it was probably one of the worst decisions that that Stan Bowman made. I'm going to say that with hindsight because, yeah, bringing in a young coach to to coach the team, yeah, it sounds like a good idea in in in, in theory. But he's, he's got no personality. They couldn't either. they couldn't respect yeah. him because he was too close in age to everybody. You know, yeah. it's one thing to have a a guy who's close in age, but it's another thing where the guy's like two years older than you. You know. 
I mean, Davidson's 33. Like, he's only three years older than I am. And it's like, I don't, I think, like, if you're close to he's younger than Taves. (laughs) Yeah, Davidson's 33. That's how young he is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I I, can kind of see what you see maybe with age, but I still think if you, even if you're younger than some guys, but you have an idea of what you want to do and you have a presence and you have, you can have guys buy into your system. It works. I just don't think that guys bought into his system. I don't think it would have mattered if he was 32 or 62. Yeah. If your I, system I, is system absolute, was it? It was no defensive system. It, it, that it, it, it was. It was like it was. It was like a one. It was like a one two. I want to. It's like it's like trying to pinch when it never really it was, worked because it was, it was just, men's it was, league. It was men's league. <laughs> just it, it, just get out there oh and try to gosh. score. <laughs> Give it to Kaner. Kaner is gonna. Kaner is gonna Kainer. carry it in. If yeah. he can't get yeah. it in, pass it back. He's gonna circle around uh, because this is gonna be his fourth shift in a row, and then he's gonna he's gonna bring oh it into gosh. the uh, up to neutral zone and put yeah. Duncan yeah. Keith as a shutdown defenseman. Yeah. And he's not oh that. my gosh, dude! And the, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, let's yeah. let's do a one man rush into the zone on a power play. It, it, it's yeah. just and it ne- there, there was no changes. The lines never made sense half the time. And it's just the system. And everyone's like, oh, it's not the system. It's Jeremy Carlton. Jeremy Carlton is the reason why the system stinks. It's yeah. the system. And it's like they, they they don't have, like, the system he wants isn't what, what we had in the guys. Yeah. Like, for your system to work, you have to have the players around you to make it work. And if your system doesn't work, maybe switch your system around to help work with the guys that you have. And he never did it. He kept trying to put the round peg in the square hole that was three sizes too big for the hole. It made no sense. <laughs> yeah, like, kept doing like, it, doing it, never oh changed. My, that's why we like, why we're terrible. Yeah, yeah. You, t- you take a you take a hammer to the thing. It wouldn't go in. You try to shave it down a little bit. Still wouldn't go in. It didn't really matter how you did it. It was still the same thing because Jeremy Carlton did not want to change, and that was his problem. He never wanted to change. Management got on him about changing it. He kind of did, and still went back to it again. Like. Jeremy Carlton never made it work, and that's why guys never really like adjusted to him. And I think that's the problem. Like, like if you have a coach that has the presence and the idea of how to make something work, guys will buy into it as long as you, you know, treat them like humans and actually work with them to make them better instead of just you know, like 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 what you said, Matt. Look at Carolina and and Rod Brendamore. Rod Brendamore has a presence. He has an idea. All the guys fight for each other. And that's why the Hurricanes went from middle of the road to like three, like going on four years now when they're absolutely dominating, almost dominating the Eastern Conference because it's four lines of waves coming at you and they will, they will outskate you and they will grind you out like with body checks. Like they will basically, they'll basically fight you, steal your lunch money and then go score while laughing at you. That's basically what the Hurricanes are. Unless until they play at Tampa Bay, <laughs> and then, they, okay. then they go out. Then <laughs> yeah. they go out, and they uh, they go out, and then they commit penalty after penalty after penalty, and throw the whole series away. I mean, I mean, hey, let's be honest though. It's not as bad as being the President's Trophy winning Blackhawks going into play Nashville and score yeah. one goal the entire series. Yes, that's you don't true. Ma- you don't match your mantra of one goal. That's With true. literally one goal. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, that was Stan Bowman right there. Uh, oh, <laughs> I, I got to ask Zach one question about Nedeljkovic. Were you surprised that they moved him? 
in the summer? Uh, yeah, it was a really big surprise. The fact that you just came off a Calder final nomination, yeah, trade him away. I don't really, th- I don't remember what they really got back in that trade, honestly, because it was, was still the money like, that bad. Like, was he asking for a ridiculous amount of money? Because from from what I saw, it wasn't really that far off. I think it was like, was I, mean, it I think term? it was like, maybe it was term. But it was like yeah. a quarter. I think it was like a quarter. I think it was like two hundred fifty thousand difference or something. Wow. Well, I know me and you, we talk a lot on Twitter, and we're all, I'm always raving about Freddie Anderson. I'm I'm so impressed with how he's playing this year, getting oh, out of Toronto. He's Freddie's amazing. He's, he he's refreshed guy. He's no pressure. And he's he's lighting it up right now and well, I, well, plus, I guess that well, was the right move. Yeah, well plus look at the defense he has around him too. I mean you have when you have you know Jacob Slavin who gets like four penalty minutes a season, Brett Pesci, and the fact you also have now Ethan Bear is one of your guys, you have Ian Cole, you know, Brady Shea. I mean the defense is pretty solid and we're not even talking about Tony D'Angelo who leads the whole team in, de- in defense and scoring. I he's mean underrated for sure. I yeah, thought Ethan Bear was a great pickup. I I thought I thought it was a great pickup. I mean, he's really. I feel bad for him with the fact that he has to fight for minutes with Brandon Smith of all people. But I mean, here we are. Yeah. Did you remember the rumor that Bowman wanted Bear instead of Jones for that Keith trade? I that would have been great oh, for the Hawks, man. Wow. Why could why could why couldn't that have been it? But I mean, it, it, he they didn't they didn't want it. They wanted. Uh, I guess he settled for Caleb Jones to try to lure in his uh, brother. Caleb's and, not bad, man. I don't think that no, he's a bad I, I like Caleb, but I think ba- Ethan Bear is going to be better. Yeah, I th- Caleb Jones for me was he was just the added piece to get his brother there. Like I don't really th- like he's good, but he's steady. I, I, yeah, he's steady. I hate, yeah, I hate to say this, he was more so a pawn to get his brother. That's all it was. And it's it's bad to say, but that's kind of feel like everyone saw it as the writing on the wall. You get his brother, you're probably gonna get him. That's all it really yeah. was. And like I said, Caleb Jones is good, but does he is he an angel regular? He's fighting for a spot in and out almost every night. I think he's yeah. scratched tonight, believe it or not. Oh, really? He, he, yeah, they he, scratched he, him tonight. He, he's like a seventh defenseman or like a top two minor league D man. On, and the, it, it sucks to say that, but it it kind of that's what the vibe you kind of get with him. It's yeah. I mean, he had a good camp. Yeah, I mean his camp was yeah. fine. It's just he's not he's not a regular top six D man that you know is lights out every night. Yeah, right. I I want to see more Ian Mitchell. I think well, it's next time. year we will. Him, Wyatt Callan. I want him and Wyatt Callan. Mike's Kalina a big Wyatt here. guy. Mike's yeah, big yeah. Wyatt. Wyatt guy too. <laughs> hey, Kurt don't. Wyatt. Hey, hey, Wyatt. Tell her with the Browns. Don't mess with the Wyatt. They, they'll come and surprise you. But no, I like I I like Kalanick. He was really good when he was with Wisconsin. I mean, we gotta just get these guys who they've had forever in their in their system. To actually just play on the team for a full season and give them the actual experience because, like, I like Jake McCabe, but we have so many guys on defense. Right. Like, we don't I, need to I'm keep not bringing a Murphy de- guy. I think it's time to say goodbye to him. Oh, they I gave him I don't a know letter. How Mike feels. I just, I, yeah, I, I'm I, not a big I like, fan of him. 
I like Connor, but I miss I miss Jamerson. Yeah, you know what? And it, it's un- I've always it's been bitter unfair. about that trade. It's unfair to Connor Murphy because Connor, Connor, oh, he is a he's a different player, and I think that gr- I like I always, like Connor. He's always going to be compared to 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 Hammer. Hammer Hammer time. Yeah. He's always I, going to be compared I, to him, yeah. even though that he's a different player. I think that he, he's gotten better since he's gotten here. Like he's oh, developed yeah, better. He's, but he's, he's not a top pairing defenseman. No, no, he's not. And like I said, and I have no problem with Connor Murphy. It's just you easily could have kept you could have easily kept Nicholas Jalmerston in Chicago. Like there was no reason to get rid of him. I'm sorry, there was no reason. Like you know oh, what, man? Con- he started having injury issues after when they traded him. He had injury issues on right after that. I think he yeah. played one full season with Phoenix, and then after that, his he had injury issues. The pucks yeah. were going right to the organs because <laughs> the skin oh. and the bones were just so like marshmallowed out. Oh, man. Uh, uh, it's just <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Jalmerson looks good now, though. If you, I don't know if you, I know yeah. you guys probably saw his ceremony yeah. night. Yeah, he does. He he looks like he gets to lace him up and you know, I, I bl- block, block about fifty yeah. goal, about block fifty shots. He's not a big guy. He's a very no, he's not. thin dude. And and when you're looking at him like in person, it's like, dude, this guy blocks 90 shots a freaking season. Like hey, what? Hey, this guy we, right here. Hey, can we talk about can we talk about his? Uh, what was it? Game? Was it game six against the Red Wings, or was it game seven? seven? Seven. Yeah, was I was seven. there. I got beer spilled all over my head. After oh, that. I was so mad. I was so mad about that goal. I was losing my mind. I'm like, he scored. No, no, because of this yeah. fight that happened behind it. Are you kidding me? Oh, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> like the, yeah like that, the, he the, even the jokes gra- about it. Yeah, he goes, no, this yeah. was the greatest goal ever for me, and it was Yeah, the greatest non-goal ever. Yeah. You're just like, bruh. <laughs> he mentioned it uh, himself. He said, I wanted to yeah. retire two years two years too early than two years too late, you know, man. And, and yeah, yeah. It, I, I'm happy for him because, you know, if that's, if he gives them a better quality of life, you know, that's, that's what you oh, want for, for these sure. guys. You, yeah. I mean, you hate seeing these guys who, who give everything to the game. And then afterwards they're in like a wheelchair best, five years best later. Best defenseman you know? in Hawks history. Yeah. Defensive oh, defenseman. B- yeah. Oh, by, oh, by far. Like, like, I know we. Ha- I know we just gave him a ceremony, like a, a ceremony night, or like a, yeah. his, his his number has to get retired. I'm I, sorry. I told should. Matt. I told it Matt should. that they should have told. They should have told Seth Jones that number four was off limits. Yeah, you can have forty four. Patrick yeah. Poulin won't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, get, or give him six. Only Mata's not going to care. Give him six, or no, no, or Jake McKay. But whoever has six now, I'm just saying, like, like. Jalmerson, his number should be retired. Everyone's like, well, you can't retire all their numbers. Like, actually, you, you can. can. Yes, you can. You, you <laughs> can. It, it uh, should be see. two, four, seven, ten. Uh, where Nin- am I at here? Nineteen. Uh, two, Nineteen. Uh, twice. Two nineteens. You need. Troy Murray. You need, yeah. Yeah. That oh, would be oh, pretty cool. Oh, oh three. Sorry, three nineteens. Well, Savard, Murray. Oh, Savard was eighteen. Oh, 18, and, yeah, and sorry. He's, he's up there. Yeah. yeah, he's up there. Yeah. I think you got to give Steve Larmer, 28, one yes, of the best Hawks. Absolutely. Oh, you have to. The, for, the forgotten decades when no one, you know, watched the Hawks. This guy had the 470-something goals as a Black Hawk. Yeah. Can we, t- can we talk the about the, How about the 1992 Hawks team? Can we, like, have one oh, night just to remember those guys? Yeah, I know, man. Please. I could talk for three hours about those <laughs> 90s teams. I'd tell Mike, you better shut me up because I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Okay, but, but I know I know you guys said something about Crow. 
Corey Crawford needs to get his number retired, and I am yes. so tired of the disrespect that he got when he was in Chicago. <laughs> oh, my ever-living word. He secured two cups here. He's like, oh, he wasn't that great, blah, blah, blah. He had a great defense in front of oh, him. He did, he, he, did kept have, us. he did have some really incredible teams that oh, played in front yeah. of him. But he, he, he should have won well. a con Smythe, though. Even Patrick yeah. Kane said he deserved a con Smythe. That year, absolutely. Yes. Oh, for sure. Especially in the, was it the Ducks 15, series. Right? Yeah, yeah, yep. it was the 15. Yep. Yeah, because the Ducks, that series was, an, I think I've, I think I had like Best 15. Series. I yeah. think I had 15 mental breakdowns in that game seven alone just oh, by the Taves, sheer insanity. Taves secured that game. He secured the bag practically. He was on a man on a yeah. mission that game. Or, or him, and, how about, him and Kessler battles. Yeah. Best battles. Oh, best battles. No, no, how about Antoine Vermette in game six scoring oh, yeah. and then jumping over the dude mid-celebration? I'm like, oh, my gosh, Antoine Vermette of all guys. Yeah. Like, what? That's or when he brings back Michael Hanzus. It clicked, oh, he, it clicked late. Yep. Yeah, it, no, it, it clicked really late, and then after oh. that, he was he was what they wanted, what they do, needed him to be. Do you remember Q when he scored? He skated by. They show Q, and you just see his mouth. It's about fucking time, and then he starts laughing. I was dying. <laughs> yeah, right. No. Oh, here here's another number you have to retire, Marion. Hosa, yeah, yep. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta retire Hosa, man. Because yeah. if it wasn't for Hosa, I mean, who knows what happened? I mean, get him in. I mean, yep. He scored um, some big goals. Oh, they, for they sure. Should, they should have a year of retiring one of these guys, maybe once every year, they to keep to. fans interested. Like, hey, yeah. we got a big retirement night coming up. Let's these get guys tickets. won three yep. cups together. At, at, yep. at, at least the guys who won three cups together should have their numbers retired. I, I'm with Zach with Crawford, and I'll yeah. be honest with you guys. I know, Mike, you know I'm not a big Crawford fan. I really never was a big Crawford fan, but... I respect his journey. I mean, yeah. he was with the organization for a long time. Yeah, I do he too. He did it the right way. He was in the AHL with the, what was it, the uh, Norfolk Admirals. He started yeah. there, and, you know, he paid his dues, and he got his shot. Even in 2010, he lost it's, to Niemi, maybe because of salary at the time. Yeah, and I think it was. Yeah, Niemi, it was. Yeah. Because it was, cause it was, it was Niemi and... Um, UA. Yeah, I, yeah, it's crazy. The thing we had, we had Cristobal Huey at one point. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, and that's yeah. and that was that was the insane part of the 2010 team is the fact that you you forget we had Niemi and Huey, and then you go to 2013 and you have different goalies. <laughs> yeah, Turco was, and Crawford. Yeah, wait a minute. In in the um, Marty Turco and Crawford were 20. Huey was on the team in 2010. Huey was the. Hugh, I believe Huey was the backup goalie. Well, he started yes. as the as a starter, and then um, and then Do you Niemi guys took, remember though Niemi in two thousand nine, Huey had a great game when Hobby Bluen went out in, in the Red Wings at Western Conference oh, Final. Huey oh, was yeah, yeah. phenomenal, and they said, "Oh yeah, he's going to be our guy next year." And we, we were stuck with him anyway. Right, but yeah. the plan was for Crawford to be the backup, but Niemi kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, and he, did. Oh, yeah. he did. Cause I, Mike, you were at my wedding that game. Uh, I in almost 2010. didn't go. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I really am. I told my I, wife. I, I was like, "Hey, man, I, I, I can't, I can't make it to this. I can't make it to this wedding." She's like, but "Why dude, not?" I'm like, "The Hawks are on. They're in the Western he, Conference Finals." It was Niemi it, and Bolin. That series oh, versus the Sharks. Man. It was Niemi and Bolin. It was a great series, and Niemi was a big part of that run. And then you know, Doug Wilson pulls the offer sheet. 
to uh, Jarmelson, and of course we're going to take Hammer, right. and then he steals Niemi from us. Genius move on his part because he was good with the Sharks, but he, it all here, worked out for Crawford. Yeah, you, Here's a big what if, too. I, I, I want to get back to Crawford here in a second. Here's another big if for goalies. What if the Hawks actually kept Dominic Hoshik in the system? <laughs> <laughs> Me and Matt were talking about that the other day. You know, yeah. who, how do you make I'm that a Belfour guy? I'm a pro. I'm a pro oh, Belfour guy. Oh, so you're not oh, going to get any. Yeah. Oh no, I I love a Belfour. I mean, hell, I, heck, I have. I I run a, a hockey meme page on Facebook. What? I saw my that. Little, my literal yeah. first name was Neil before me. It's spelled like any <laughs> Belfour's last name. Yeah, I, I was going to ask Neil, you about that yesterday. That's yeah, freaking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, because because you know because a lot of people say Neil before Zod. Neil before me because it just spelled his name out. And that's just because yeah. that's just how great Eddie Belfour was. I'm just saying, could you imagine if the Hawks were able to keep Eddie Belfour and Dominic Hoshik? Belfour leaves. You bring in Hoshik as the new starting goalie. You never like, know. Im- yeah. You imagine those Hawks teams with Dominic Hoshik as your goalie, but it is what it is. But going with Crow, I mean, he played really well. And it's just, I don't know, understand the hate he gets in Chicago because he, does he let in soft goals? Yes. All goalies do. I mean, let's be honest. No goalie's perfect, but he was really dominant for two cup runs and for another, and a lot of other playoff runs that we, that the Hawks were in. He wasn't, he wasn't, you know, lucky. It's not like some of these other like, yeah. it wasn't like, Oh, Jordan Benson gets hot one half of a season. And now we all know that he's an absolute sieve who gets rattled by backup goalies. I just don't understand why Crawford gets so much hate, even though he played out of his mind the entire time he was with Chicago until like until you know got all the concussions and stuff. It's yeah, it's mind blowing. I agree, man. You know, but hey, dude, this has been a lot of fun talking hockey. We want to have you on again. Can you do that for us? Oh, for sure. Anytime, just let me know. I'd love to come back on and talk. I can I can talk Hawks forever, as you can as you can tell. Yeah, man. That's that's what we're all about, though. We're but, gonna uh, hit the time machine next time. <laughs> get, get your DeLorean. <laughs> but hey, Zach, right. man, we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. This is the Tomahawk. We're out of here.